shoot R. Kelly or prosecute R. Kelly? Let's talk about it. Uh, initially, I didn't want to talk about it. So hear my story about why I actually decided to watch the docuseries and what I was fearful of. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's cut to the chase at eight. It's Queen MC, that's me, Madison Chase. We are talking entertainment, sports, and beauty. Uh, Hopefully today I have some positive three T's and that will be some takeaways, some tips, and some tools. Um, So I initially did not want to watch the R. Kelly docuseries because I intuitively knew that by watching that docuseries, I was potentially adding to the income of R. Kelly. And I didn't want to do that. And initially what I knew just from being around entertainment and understanding how the business works and I don't know everything about the entertainment business, and I don't profess to, but I've lived in Hollywood for uh, more than a decade, and I completely understand how some things work as far as the executive producers, uh, and I didn't want this monster to make another single penny from uh, supporting anything that had to do with his name. So. Uh, After seeing a lot of things, uh, watching Amanda Seals on Instagram and just kind of grabbing opinions based on what people uh, said via social media, I wanted to watch it for myself. So last night I stayed up till four o'clock watching all six episodes and I am really appalled and dismayed and in shock and I don't even think there are enough words uh, to really put into a visual of like how I really feel Um, just seeing this this history of just how black women and black men we are pitted against each other and here's just another example so Uh, And then seeing people on social media have opinions. And this is what Amanda Seal said, and I completely agree with her. If you haven't seen the documentary, you shouldn't have an opinion. And I think I posted something on her page, too. And uh, I agree with her. And that's she's one of the reasons why I was like, let me watch it for myself. Um, So after watching the docuseries, all six parts, I... I took some notes and I think one of the things that I knew and why I didn't want to watch it is because I feel like the reason why he's been able to get away with uh, this history of marrying Aaliyah, forging uh, a legal document, uh, forging, I'm not sure if they forged anything else, but for her to be married, but then understanding he was able to pay people off, uh, you know, for the Chicago Police Department. So there's no telling. I'm sure he had attorneys and and judges and people that he was able to pay off um, for him to come back with a uh, not guilty verdict. It it speaks to a lot of things. It speaks to uh, the economic disparity in in our community. Uh, the generational wealth that has been passed down uh, from slave owners to their descendants uh, and being 
with that generational wealth, uh, the inequality in wage discrimination, you know, where white men make the most money, then white women, then black women, then black men. Uh, and we're talking about in corporate America, then in corporate America, there's age discrimination, there's hair discrimination, there's so many things. And we're not even talking about colorism in our community that hasn't really been dealt with Uh, but I watched a couple of really interesting interviews and I'm not even going to say they were interesting they were painful to watch because initially when my first watching the first episode I was a little taken aback because I felt a little like the justification for R. Kelly's crimes and his sex trafficking and his slavery like he literally treated the brainwashing the like he was a modern day pimp and just some of the things in our culture that we tend to make fun of and I know Dave Chappelle and I mentioned in my previous podcast that Dave Chappelle kind of did a skit but I think sometimes it's so easy for people who are in entertainment, who are no longer a part of a community that is so riddled with economic disparity, uh, education disparity, uh, when you're no longer a part of that community, and I'm not a part of that community, but I still have empathy for it because these people look like me. Um, and I think it's so easy for people who don't live a life. And then I think I put on someone else's page. I was like, if you're not African-American and you don't live in the United States, you don't have a right to have an opinion when it comes to discrimination in this country, when it comes to other injustices in this country perpetuated against people of color. Um, even watching, I watched a little bit of the Selena story and how her dad talked about Selena the singer whose dad actually talked about how hard it was to be a Mexican American in this country and then to be to go to Mexico when she first sang and just kind of having that correlation and I think when it comes to people of color we have been so damaged by uh, what has happened to us and it's still happening and so to get on social media and to hear men african-american men say the girls like blaming the victim uh instead of wanting to protect and then i think if you don't have children i don't have children yet but the empathy that is so lacking in social media uh, and just the desensitizing. And I feel like that's what's happening in social media, in the news, and the constant bombarding of these negative images of African-Americans being prosecuted, African-Americans being discriminated against, African-Americans, the young girl at McDonald's, Yasmin, who fought like if anyone could look at that and, and not see uh, that this has been a trend that we are slowly becoming so less sensitive and that was kind of one of the other reasons why I didn't want to watch the documentary because I'm like what happens next but in watching the doc- documentary seeing uh, the Me Too fa- founder Tawana who basically spoke to uh, and then another young lady who started the Mute R. Kelly uh, Hashtag and you know just the fight that they've been fighting to mute him 
because essentially he was a a powerhouse. And when I talked about the economic disparity in our community, I think people don't look at that as the reason why it's so easy for people to put celebrities. So we're not even just talking about musicians because I know a couple of people actors who have had sexual discrimination or sexual molestation uh, suits against them uh, where they're sexual predators too uh, but because they're on a really great show or because they're executive producers so I just really think it is an abuse of power and money and don't have power and money and the potential to make other people uh, money that it, it does become this this cycle of I have power and I can exert my power. Uh, and so also in that in that bubble is men who cheat on their wives. So just because you're married to so all of those things, I feel like it, it's such a um, it's hard to extrapolate this one thing and say, you know, Let's blame the victim. And that's what I'm seeing on social media, which is even more painful to see African-American men blame these young girls. Um, And I challenged one person on social media to basically speak out. So I don't know if it's men are deflecting. uh, And that's essentially what I feel like a lot of men are doing who are supporting him. They are deflecting. And that that part is sad. Uh, And I did watch a couple of uh, videos. One was a video of an interview with uh, Carrie Kelly, who is uh, R. Kelly's younger brother. And then his sister, Teresa. So there's four siblings, Teresa, uh, Bruce, and then Carrie. And then R. Kelly is the youngest no, I'm sorry, R. Kelly is third. So it's Teresa, Bruce, then R. Kelly, and then Carrie is the younger brother. And in this video, he has an emotional, very emotional interview about how his sister is the one who would basically keep them trapped in the house, who would punish them, um, and essentially molested them uh, him and R. Kelly Uh, and so I think when I watched the first episode that's kind of what I got the initial feeling was that yes he had a hard life yes his parents um, they lived in the projects his mom was a single mother he couldn't read he was teased they moved out of the projects things got worse he was molested by seven by adults in his family so I guess they kind of alluded to it Uh, I just think it it all spoke to uh, just a cover-up of people benefiting again when we look at the history of uh, slavery and working for people and trying to get out of a particular environment i.e. the projects or i.e. a particular um, socioeconomic bracket um you know people say it all the time the the crabs in a bucket but what does that really look like does it look like you working for 
someone because you need a job or you're doing business. So the reason why I didn't want to watch the documentary because I felt like what's going to be the next conversation? Do people really care enough to do something about it? Like, you know, are we checking people in our families who we know are predators, who are uh, pedophiles, who are preying on young girls and why are young black girls and black women so disposable? And I think it, it dates back to history where black women haven't been protected. And here's just another example of how we are disposable. Uh, and so I think my reasoning for not wanting to watch it was what's the next trending topic and what's going to be done about it because now that R. Kelly I understand that his publicists his lawyers his assistants they've all have quit uh his daughter Jaya I saw another video his I'm not sure how old she is but uh, I know she wants to change her name and um live her life as a boy And we're not even taking on that agenda or having that conversation about transgender. But you saw in the docu-series how uh, the young lady, Dominique, whose mother uh, basically was able to get her daughter out of the cult, which is essentially what R. Kelly has, uh, and some of the uh, stories that some of the victims and some of the survivors are, are sharing. But essentially you know you know if he was molested by his family member is it possible that his daughter could have been molested by someone in her family as well because now she doesn't want to live her life as a boy and the fact that R. Kelly basically had this young lady that was in this sex cult in his sex trafficking um, pedophile cult ring uh he made her dress like a little boy uh so I don't know what that is it's just so many but this guy said is that a you know is that karma is it a generational curse and I don't believe in generational curses I believe in uh people's actions not being checked and not being held accountable and that's essentially what R. Kelly has not been held accountable. But on a high note, um, Governor Bill Haslam grants Centoya Brown clemency. So that is, you know, but after how long? And, you know, people are still talking about John Bonet Ramsey. But these young ladies now have a a name, uh, Javante Cunningham, Lisa Van Allen, uh, Andrea Kelly, Geronda Pace, Dominique Gardner, Jocelyn Savage, who I understand is still a part of this cult. Um, so I think that's what I wanted to get out of this is, you know, what happens to these young ladies? Who is going to be the champion for them? Uh, and can the conversation from mute R. Kelly be prosecute R. Kelly? Like he needs to be prosecuted. Anyone who helped him um, get young girls, uh, people in the police department that helped him, judges, attorneys, like there needs to be a sting operation 
to to take anyone who was involved like it's it's beyond reproach and I think it's 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 sad that um, this is still a conversation after almost a decade of him abusing women but it makes sense it's it's very similar to if people are profiting and making money no one wants to we don't care if it's blood money we don't care if it's dirty money Uh, some people don't care and it's the same thing in you know our families it's the same thing in the entertainment business not just music Um, I know that there's been two times that I've actually have been in the presence of R. Kelly and the first time uh, a friend of mine that worked with him uh, I went to meet him and then the second time I went to a birthday party and this person um, I think R. Kelly showed up and I couldn't believe like I was like I can't believe that uh, yeah it was it was I was amazed because the person who he was friends with also has a daughter and so yeah, it was, it was a lot of things that I couldn't uh, I couldn't believe, and I still can't believe that uh, people are finding a way to blame the victims. Uh, and a lot of it is a lot of the people that are blaming the victims are African American men, and it just makes me think of the Willie Lynch letter. If it's real or if it's fake, it it makes me think of that. How we continually are pitted against each other um, on so many levels, and this is just another example. So, it's cut to the chase at eight with Queen MC. That's me, Madison Chase. And we are talking entertainment, sports, and beauty. And we are talking surviving R. Kelly, which I think it should be definitely mute R. Kelly. I'm glad that that's a trending hashtag. And I'm glad that a lot of celebrities are are stepping up. But I wish it would have happened much sooner. Why is it happening now that he is no longer the the musical quote-unquote genius that people said he was and or he is not producing number one albums like he said he was like if he was producing number one albums would we be having this conversation would this be a documentary uh I'm glad that the momentum is growing growing that people are having this conversation and that the survivors now have a voice um and it's interesting that he was so cunning that he waited and prolonged the court dates so that the his victims at the time would would be older that they would be five years older older so they wouldn't be teenagers anymore that they would essentially be grown women so I was happy to see some resolution but again watching those young ladies full of tears and full of emotion from the trauma that they experienced and still kind of blaming themselves uh, is is beyond words. So, yes, the silver lining uh, and the takeaway from all of this, the positive takeaway is that Centoya Brown uh, got clemency. So, thanks for listening. Uh, I know I am going to, uh, if people are interested in doing a Facebook Live conversation or Instagram Live, I am Official Madison Chase Fitness on Facebook 
and Instagram. I'm Madison Chase Fitness. Thanks for listening. And hopefully, I I know on Wednesday, I am going to talk about it because I think Jada is actually doing a Facebook Live on Red Table Talk. So I'm curious to um, get her opinion and, and share the uh, the voice of Red Table Talk. Thanks for listening.